Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Keeping your office running like a well oiled power play. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you. This is Oilers Now. And every Tuesday, for the next, oh, I don't know, 10 months, at least nine months, right until the Edmonton Oilers are playing into uh, early September in the Stanley Cup final spec. Stoffer Inspector brought to you by our friends at Horse Racing Alberta. And speaking of HRA, uh, now featuring live standard bid racing at the Track on 2 Saturday at uh, 1 p.m. in Lacombe right on Highway number 2. There you go. I, that's a, a brand new read that I got sent on the fly as I was driving back over from uh, Roger's place. We bring aboard Mark Spector. How you doing, Spec? Oh, good which, uh, where, which one? There, 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 How about now? We're doing better now. We're doing better now. We're having a good. tough, bit of a tough uh, start to the day. Yeah, good. So life's good. Life's good. Yeah, water's back in town. Let's uh, let's get after. Well, it. let's start there. Uh, so some, I mean, Darnell Nurse. I think that's for a lot of fans. Uh, the fact that he was on the ice. That's good news for anybody that, you know, is a little bit... And I know you're not concerned about the Oilers' ability to sign him. I know I'm not. You know, it's going to be a bridge deal. Anton Thun represents him now. Did the agent probably think he could get him more at some point? Maybe. But Nurse didn't have a lot of bargaining power in this situation. Well, the RFAs never do. And you know what? He's going to, if he continues to grow and develop his game, he's going to get paid on his long-term deal in a couple of years' time. But I, Yeah, but, but agents never look at that. They never say, oh, we got a bunch of money coming down the road. They want it now. Right. And they get paid to get it now. So that's, you know, I would think that if I'm Darnell Nurse's agent, one thing is, is, is he got a lot more ice time last year. He was underpaid for the ice time he got. What did he play last year, Bob? 22 minutes a game. Yeah. So, you know, he, in his entry-level deal, he was, uh, he gave him a nice 22 minutes a game last year at a good price. Real good for 60 games. Absolutely. Sekra is uh, certainly out for the first half of this year, if not the whole year. Yeah. They will lean on Darnell Nurse even more this year, and the agent's well aware of that. He wants to get paid for it, and I, frankly, I understand that. Okay. I understand that. Uh, the question would be, I mean, how much are we, you know, what number are we talking here? It's going to be three to three point three million, some so in in that kind of range. That's and, my on a two year on a two year. Well, that's what the team would say. I think we'd think that's a, a fair representation. But if ba- I'm the agent, based on other contracts, it, it's like three point three to three point three. 
Is he their third best defenseman? Well, he was better than that last year. How many teams' third best defensemen make three million bucks? Some. Yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot. When you know we're going in the season, okay, Bob, I'm the agent, you're my player. I know Bob's the third best defenseman on this team. The team knows it, the coach knows it, the GM knows it, the fans know it, the two radio guys know it. We're signing a fresh deal. I'm getting a deal for you, Bob. You're going to make more than three million bucks for me. If you're the third best defense on the yeah. NHL team, I want more than three million bucks for you, Bob. There's only so much money, and but that's not <laughs> that's not Anton's problem, and that's and therein lies part of the rub. Uh, you can text us at six thirty six thirty. One of the questions I threw out was on yes, Apolyarvi on mm-hmm. on what is appropriate. So I want to go back to. Uh, that started along the Blake Wheeler conversation. Yes, and I know I made the suggestion only because it took a long while for Blake Wheeler to become the elite player yep. that he now is. And Blake Wheeler is a hell of a player, and it's hard not to like Blake Wheeler. Guys, Blake Wheeler's size, there's a long list of them who start slow and end strong, right? Yep. And I would say that Pogliarvi, you know, he's that tall, lanky guy. I got him at 18 goals and 41 points, and I think that's a very conservative estimate for Yessa Pogliarvi. That would so, be a good decent year for him. Right. Is that, a, is that a failure for him if that's what he puts up? No, here's my thing with that, with Pogliarvi. He, he turned 20 on, I think it's May 7th. I looked yeah. it up the other day. Just turned 20. He's 20, Bob. Right. 20 years old. So, I know he got drafted fourth overall and, and, and people expect a guy drafted that high, MVP of his World Junior Tournament, uh, to come in and play right away. And he hasn't played right away, you know, to a large degree. But he's 20. Right? I think people have to say, have to slow down a little bit and say, we're talking about a 20-year-old player. Now, this is his third pro season in North America. I expect him to take a step. Right? Yes. If he goes down, if it goes the other way, yeah, we got problems here. Then I don't think it will. Right. I expect him to take a step this year. I, I think he should take a step this year. If he doesn't, we're all going to take a fresh look at this player. But he's 20 years old. Just, you know, just back 20. to Blake Wheeler. Okay. Uh, he's born in August, so 86. He was in the 2004 draft, where he was selected fifth overall. Pulleyarvi was selected fourth. Mm-hmm. Wheeler was selected fifth. Six foot five, right? At that time, was like 200 pounds. The year he after he was drafted, he played in the USHL. He didn't even play in the NCAA yet yeah. as an 18-year-old. So Pulleyarvi was over here and split time between the NHL yeah. and the AHL. Then, as a 19-year-old, and I remember this because Eric Thurston was coaching the U of A Golden Bears. They played Minnesota in 05-06. Alberta had won back-to-back national championships. Okay. And I called Eric, and I said, where did uh, Blake Wheeler play, by the way? And he said, Bob, he was on their third line. Mm-hmm. And well, he, a young guy at college. Nine really goals. And Minnesota's a great program, and okay. they won that game 4-3 in Minnesota at like 11 power plays. Who won the game? Uh, Minnesota beat the Bears 4-3. It was okay. a great game. And... Uh, uh, Minnesota. He so he had nine goals, twenty three points in thirty nine games in Minnesota as a as a freshman, as a nineteen. So he's in college. Well, Pulleyarvi's trying to make his way. Pulleyarvi's second year difference. pro last year. He played two more years at Minnesota. Oh six, oh seven, oh seven, oh eight. Never had a point per game in the NCAA. Right. So then uh, Phoenix doesn't sign him. Shirelli signs him in Boston. And he comes in the league in 08, 09. So by that point, he's now 22 years of age. Mm-hmm. That's two years from now for Pogliarvi before he's ever played it. And all my, my, my point with this is people need to be patient with Pogliarvi. Look at Wheeler and the player that he turned out 
And I, I get that's the ideal situation, but Pugliarvi's already played way more in the National Hockey League. 97 games, I think. Yeah, then, then Blake Wheeler, you know. Well, he's Bla- played 100 games, and, and uh, you know, if he was just a guy that got drafted in the fourth round, you'd be ecstatic with his progress. Right. But he's a guy that got drafted fourth overall, so more is expected. That's just where we are in our world today, Bob. Did, by the way, did the Jets, I mean, Wheeler's 32 years of age. This five, five-year contract extension kicks in next year. When 30, he's 33. When he's 33. Did they... That's a lot of money for a 33 through 38-year-old. Well, he's their player. captain. And, the guy and he's a hell of a player. Everyone around him better. He's the heartbeat of that team. He's their uh, their heart and soul, man. And he also tied with Clojureau for the league lead and assist last year. Yeah. So it's not like he's not producing. He's a hell of a player. Yeah. All right. So we hit a bit on Pogliarvi. Uh, hit a bit on Nurse. Any, uh, some of the other guys that were out there. Lucic. Nugent Hopkins, obviously Connor McDavid, he organizes this thing. Um, Koskinen. Uh, oh, really? He's in town. Um, Did who, you speak to him? No, 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 no. I, I had to split. I went down, stuck my head in the ring for ten minutes, and was took a look at get here. Yeah, and get, got got over here uh, because the Foo Fighters were supposed to be at Rogers Place. Yeah, they canceled. I heard. Right, they yeah. canceled. So we we didn't Postponed. plan it. So just just so the listeners know, on days in which there's concerts in the building, yeah. we do not have access to our broadcast location. So I got to race back. No, they don't even like us being in the in the building. Yeah, they don't even the like Foo it. Fighters. Basically, would would rent the entire Rogers Place. Right, and that means guys like you and me aren't allowed to go kicking around. Yeah. Trying to watch him do sound checks, even though I've seen some awesome sound checks over the years at Old Rexall. <laughs> so, uh, but that's how the new relationships work. It's their building when yeah, they come well, in because they pay for it, right? So, uh, so stuck my head in there for ten minutes. Uh, Lucic, yeah, I will. T- he he looked a little thinner to me, which is not. This is not you know people like oh he better lose fifteen or twenty. But this guy wasn't fat, okay? This guy. Yeah, this this got to be a tough one for him. Like I'm gonna, and well, there, there was one. If, if you think he looks a little thinner, I'll be very interested to ask him. You know, if he's weighing less, if he's somehow, like I asked him face to face last year, can you lose 15 pounds for next year? And he looked back. He said, "Man, I don't know." Yeah, he says, "I'm already fair." He is. He is for a man his size. He's very lean and in fabulous shape. You don't look at him and say, "Oh, there's an easy." It's not like some guys you could. Watch ten pounds fall off him, not Luch. So, I'd be surprised. He won't. He won't have lost fifteen pounds. But for a guy in his condition, in his state, if he could lose six or seven, it wouldn't hurt him. Right. You know. The other. I mean, he missed. We had um, Jay Woodcroft in studio on Friday, and he talked a bit about some of the challenges with the power plays. And the fact is, Luch missed some opportunities in the first half of the year. On some tap-ins. Oh, a whole bunch. You know, but, and the others had some... And the second half of the year, Bob, he missed a whole bunch of opportunities, too. But they they went a little quiet in the second half. Like, the power play didn't produce the same caliber of opportunities. Mark, I put a tweet out, and I'd like to see whether or not you agree or disagree with this. The number one key for the Oilers, in my opinion, improving special teams, 2016-17, the Oilers were fifth in the NHL in the power play, 18th in the PK. They finished with 103 points. Yep. They were actually second in the league from Christmas on that year in the power play. So for, or actually from December first on. So last okay. four months of the year. Now, ironically enough, their PK was second at the end of November that year. Finished 18th. So it was really bad in the second half. But they right. finished with 103 points. Last season, they were 12th in the power play in November. They finished 31st. So they just went in the complete crapper. The PK was dreadful all year at home, but moved up to 25th by the end of the season. So. My point is, given McDavid's even strength dominance, 
the best even strength season in the last 20 years. Is there a better even strength player on the planet right now than Connor McDavid? No, not statistically speaking. Right. No. Right? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. Do you think the Oilers could win the Pacific if they're top 10 power play, top 10 PK? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. It certainly puts them back. You know, they get top 10 PK, a uh, penalty. Killing. Killing and power play. It would put them right back. What it would do for them, Bob, they'd be running from the front of the pack. Like last year, they chased this thing all year. Right. Right? What what this would do for them is allow them to be up there with the leaders in the Pacific right to the end. Do they end up winning it? I mean, If I you're top know. 10 PK, where's your goaltender save percentage? Well, it's their hand in hand. You don't get top 10 PK unless Cam Talbot plays real well, but if your PK is awful, there's a whole bunch of easy tap-ins, his confidence gets shot, and his save percentage is no good. So, it's hand in hand. They both have to be good. Am I giving Trent Yanni too much credit when I say top five penalty killing one year he finished first uh top five penalty killing last three years in anaheim because i can tell you andrew cogliano has told me this guy knows what he's doing on the penalty well i'm job. sure he does uh, like, listen a, a coach if it happens once it's the players if it happens every year of a guy's career the coach has a lot to do with it now don't you got to give trent yanni decent pk players Right. Yeah. If, if he doesn't have the personnel, I don't care how good a coach you are, you're not going to do it. you got to be committed to what you're doing on the ice. Well, you need the right guys. You need guys that can do it and then they want to do it, for sure. But his long-term record of penalty kill success tells me that it is fair to expect the orders to improve in that department under him. Okay. Yeah. Why wouldn't you say that? Um, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. So Scotty Upshall comes in on a PTO. I got him at 50-50 to make the team. Eh, okay, sure. But he's been a good penalty killer, and he accepts oh, yeah. his fourth-line role, and he knows his job. Do you think Zach Cassian was a good fourth-liner last year for the Oilers? Uh, not last year. Well, he had a very average to poor year last season. Remember that stat Oilers. you dug up about uh, in February? Block shots? And I know what yeah. people are going to say here. You know, Chris Russell, block shots, block no, shots are a BS no, he stat. He had like two block shots or something. When you're on the penalty kill as a forward, you've only had two block shots yeah. and we're four months into the season. Yeah, you're not getting the job done. So I'm, I'm going to be interested with Uppy to see what happens here with him. Well, I think that uh, the familiarity with Cal Brodziak, um, you know, we all saw... If, if this is the you just talked about Chris Russell, which always brings us to the whole sort of analytics group that you and I often are at odds with. But we always try to quantify what the Matt Hendrixes of the world do for your team, and they don't show up in numbers. And my challenge, same with Chris Russell, my challenge is to the analytics community until you can figure out how to quantify what it is that Russell brings to the table that all hockey people like, you still got work to do. Sharpen your pencils, right? And figure that out. And I don't know if you can. But Upshaw and Brodziak will bring a lethal dose of leadership, of leading by example. How about just uh, accepting up, their roles? Because role. sometimes you have young, like Andrew Cogliano did not see himself no. out of the top six when he was at Edmonton. He's like, I'm a first-round draft choice. It wasn't until they went to Anaheim and they said, yeah. you're a third-liner that's going to kill penalties, be the best third-liner you could be, and you're going to get now, You'd love to have him on your team. Right. Right, and that's sure. part of Drake Kajula. It's Drake Kajula. He might be that guy one day, but it might be it might be too early in his career to sell him that. Role. Right, right. So you know, there we go. My point is that that I think that Upshaw combined with Brodziak will really be could possibly be real anchors for this team and 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 just solidify a dressing room the way Hendricks. We saw 
they missed it when he was gone. Oh, there's no question they did. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris Edmonton, the 99th Roos Chris opened. What what an appropriate place on 19990 Jasper Avenue. Go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris and tell them orders now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll send you twelve forty-eight in Edmonton. We'll take a quick rip on uh, the Eskimos when we return in orders now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. What, you're not going to go Jalen Ramsey on me right now, Spec? Is, is that what you're saying? Maybe if you train for six months, you could play hockey too, Bob. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I, that was a pretty interesting. I don't think these guys understand how easy, how hard it is to skate and to skate at that level. I mean, you know, geez, we've had people. I know, I know people that worked in the radio business that thought they were better skaters than fourth liners in the NHL. And I reminded him, that guy did score 30 goals as a 20-year-old in the Ontario Hockey League that you just referenced there. So he wasn't, and he was the heavyweight champ of the OHL at that time. You can text us at 630-630 on our Westlock 4 text line. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. Stoffer and Spector brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. Oh, boy. I got to go back. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh HRA proudly supporting 7,000 men and women in the province of Alberta. All right, Spec, uh, we had the Labor Day Classic. I watched every single second of it, and at no point did I think Calgary was going to lose that game. Really? It was there for the Eskimos to go get. How the, many times could they have won that game? But the problem is the Eskimos haven't been going and getting games here over the last couple on the road, and now they, they were playing the league's best, and you just had a feeling, didn't you? That the Stamps well, I'll tell were gonna... you, I didn't have a feeling, but I think the Eskimos had a feeling. They yeah. play like a team that just says, well, I mean, we're going to play well here, but we're not going to win. We're not going to beat this team. It reminds me of this, Bob. You know how there's always those goalies out there that were okay? Yep. And and guys would refer to him say that, you know that goalie, he's just good enough to get you yes. beat. Yes. You know that term, right? Yes. Well, that's what the Eskimos are right now. They're just good enough to get themselves beat. They play, whoever they play, they play right to their level. They play right to the end. They they have plenty of chances that they don't come through on, and they don't look like they don't know how to win, man. They they did not know how to seize a football game that was there for the taking. So they lose uh, Darrell Walker. I mean, that's a big loss. He's he's yeah, one of the it's you football. Know, you get injuries. Everybody move but, on. But the Stamps lost. They lose two they receivers lost guys too, and their quarterbacks limping around. It's not an injury thing. And the Eskimos, uh, you know, put up a field goal in the second half of a game. They turn the ball over three times. Uh, the one ball goes right through the receiver's hands. I mean, he's got, if it touches your hands, you got to get it. Sure. 
Then a drop pass I can live with, but three fumbles in four series. You know, and even then, after all of that, they still had a chance to win. They took the ball, I believe, on their own forty with two minutes to go. Better chance. They to needed win. thirty yards, chance to win the game, and they didn't do it. Yeah, you just, I, I'm, and I'll be, I, I have to be frank. I said on Friday, Mark, I thought the Eskimos might lose by three touchdowns. But the Stamps had some injuries. Their quarterback got knocked out of the game briefly. Calgary wasn't locked in. The, the Eskimos were competitive. They played hard. I'd go as far as to say they're the better team. In the in that game. Who had, like, Calgary's chance to win that game at the end only came, right, only arrived at Calgary's doorstep after the Eskimos had fumbled in three or four drives, had taken that, uh, um, wasn't a P.I. penalty, illegal contact downfield yeah. penalty, right? Yeah. Edmonton presented Calgary with that chance to win. Edmonton had had several chances to win that football game. A little and much, cool. by the way, to be blaming Chris Edwards for the loss. Uh, Not blaming him for the loss, but he I, takes too many penalties. He's taken a lot of penalties. The offense, though, has got to put... There's no creativity offensively. Second half... I mean, the fact that they can't do anything in the second half of their last three road games, to me... That tells you something. That that tells they, you that they're not making very good adjustments yeah, to the that half. that tells you they're not making adjustments. Right, That's that fair. they're... You you know that they're predictable. That's fair. And now football is a game of adjustments, right? And yes. so the Eskimos are six and five. Uh, are they on pace? Right. See, I thought I thought they needed to be eight and two through the ten game mark. Looking at their schedule, and they had lots of opportunities to be eight and two. Instead, they're six and four. Now they're six and five, and then they get the stamps again on Saturday. I don't see Calgary playing that poorly again two games in a row. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. Did they play so poorly, or did, did the Eskimos play pretty well? Like, well, the Eskimos' defense was good, Yeah, I thought. And they didn't take a whole bunch of penalties. No, they did not. They took a huge one in a really important time. But I'm going to say that uh, the Eskimos' defense was excellent. They got uh, to uh, yeah. They got to Mitchell all day. Yeah. I want the Eskimos to win. I just, I you know, I, I tip my hat to programs that are excellent, and the Stamps have a very good program right now. Now... Speaking of elite, I'm going to read you a stat. In the last decade, the Alabama Crimson Tide have lost one game to a team not ranked 15 or higher. Okay. One loss against a team ranked nationally in the country, 16th or lower. Okay. Over the last decade. There's not another NCAA program. That is uh, fewer than 10 losses mm-hmm. against similar type opponents. That's pretty good. That's when you know. Now, what's that a sign of? That's a sign that they play to their standard. Now, people say, well, they get all the best players. They, when, when you're recruiting at that level and, you you know, they've won five national championships since Saban's gone there, four in the last seven years. They've only lost nine games in the last seven years. Yeah. It's, you know what? And now they got a quarterback. <laughs> it's also like... How would you say? Because all those teams are, relatively speaking, almost independents, like there's no, you can recruit from the entire country. Right. You can, you know, Bama has built something that... This uh, is the most dominant stretch in NCAA college football. Yeah, that, that we, anyone's ever had. That, that, right. I don't know how they fall off of that stretch. I don't know what changes for the, for this to... It's it's a starting to become a great... Go from being a great story, Bob, to something that's maybe not so great for college football because they're just winning all the time. And no one seems to have a chance. Well, now they finally have a quarterback. And, now, uh, and then when this guy's gone, Bob, they'll get another one because they're Bama. Well, you know, not on this level. This guy's damn good. So, I'm a, I'm a. I mean, I have a huge respect for what they've done there. There's no question. But 
uh, that there's no pr- cycle here. There's no cycle with Bama. College sports is often about cycles. You know this. Yep. No cycle in Bama. They just win all the time. Well, what's happened here is this is the most dominant team in North American sport right now. Yeah. It is. I mean, people can yep. say Golden State, but... No, they've been doing it for longer. Right. Sure. This, this is... And, I mean, I'd say it's harder given the amount of teams and that sort of thing that could break through at any time. And Maybe. You, you lose... Now they have a lot. They've had years where they've lost one. Actually, the last four national championships that they've won, they've they've lost a game every year and still won the national title. Right, the the first one that uh, well, sure. Saban won there, he went fourteen and zero that year. But the, right. but they also play in the toughest conference. Like that Southeastern Conference won every major game head-to-head over the course of the week. Right. And and you would know this stat. I'm going to assume the majority of NFL players come from the Southeast. Southeast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so their recruiting ground is the most fertile in the United States, and then they out-recruit all those teams around them. Yeah. Right? Why are you going to Arkansas if Bama wants you? Right? <laughs> you know? It's just the way it is now. So good, good for them. They've really built something. But their good. standards. I love to see somebody knock them off here. But the fact is, their standards are so high that they never tank games against bad teams. They don't blow games because the expectation sure. level. That's the point I'm making. One loss in ten years against a team not ranked. They've only lost nine games in the last seven years. Right. But one loss in ten years against a team not ranked in the top fifty. Pretty good. And people say oh, they're in their cars right now. Ah, yeah, but I mean they. Anyone can go to school there, and they're letting guys slide through on grades and, you know, all of those things. They might be, but guess what? All the teams they're playing are doing it too. <laughs> so Maybe not know, Vanderbilt. In the maybe Southeast. not Vandy or maybe not Notre Dame. But the point I'm saying is they're not alone. If you think there's an infraction out there, and I don't know that there is, but we can assume there might be a couple, everyone else is playing the same ball game, boys. So it's a fair playing field. All right. Jeff Perlman coming up when we come back in orders now after 6.30 Chad and Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.